All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. What's going on, everybody? And away we go for the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosell. And Rosie, you see it on the thumbnail right there. We're one week away from the season opener. It can't come soon enough, buddy. How are you? Good. This preseason's dragging on forever. Oh, we, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum the last couple of weeks, how it just keeps going and going and going. But hey, it gives us more time to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. And I just love doing that, Rosie. God, do they have trouble getting it going, hey? It reminds me of another team, doesn't it? Kind of. Like, Vladdy hits a double. Here we go. None away and just ding, ding, ding. Just like Vladdy's standing on second. Like, wow, that was a whole lot of nothing. Like, they just have zero going on at the plate. It's frustrating. Dude, it's like life as a Toronto sports fan. Watching that game yesterday, the anticipation all day long, the anticipation since Sunday when they partied after clinching a playoff spot the night Previously, it was like Toronto sports team 1.0 looked overwhelmed. Like Bo Bichette gets a pop-up in the first uh, inning, almost misses it because the crowd's too loud. Like it reminded me of the Toronto Maple Leafs every year when game one, they dropped the puck for the opening round. They finally went around this year. They weren't the better team against Tampa, but it's just so Toronto where some reason the moment's just too big for them. Like Rosie, go look at the numbers for Bo Bichette and Vladdy Guerrero, the pillars of the Toronto Blue Jays. In their careers, granted, small sample size, five games, I believe, of playoff baseball. They just don't show up. It's a it's a different, different level that, unfortunately, the star players in the city cannot get to, but. Yeah, I don't know if it's a city or what. I mean, there is a lot on the shoulders. Like, the Jays are so cool. They're, they're Canada's team. You know, they had that success in uh, in 2016. You know, their, their wins in the early 90s, I even remember, and I was pretty young. They're just a cool Canada's team and they just, I don't know if it's because of, of all that, that everyone's watching or whatever, but they can't, uh, I don't know. They snuck into a wild card. It's not over. They got a game today. I mean, it's not over, but they, they sure don't make it easy on themselves. I mean, you don't score one run in baseball and win too many playoff games, but yeah. uh, we'll see what they got today. All I'll say is, is a hat tip of the chapeau, if you will, to the pitching staff, the bullpen. They have been so unbelievable especially the pitching staff. I think seven different pitchers made starts for the Blue Jays this season. Just go back in history and look at that. Like, that's insanity. More years than not, the Jays have like 14 or 15 different starters, and they're going to piss away that type of year. I know your bet's coming up in like 35 minutes. You've been on the heater of the century. If you're not taking Minnesota 
and probably the number, I think you should stop betting for life because the Jays ain't winning this game, buddy. I'm sorry. Not to be the pessimist, it ain't happening. Ow. No way. That makes me sad. I want to watch the game today and see what happens, but... uh... Don't watch it. That, that's what makes me sad. Watching the Toronto Blue Jays for 163 games like that. Well, I I sure as hell don't watch them that much. And I'm not as invested as you. I'm a oh. bandwagoner. I show up for the playoffs and, and yeah. see what they can do. And I'll watch this afternoon. But uh, just, man, every time, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I'm a big baseball guy, but I'm watching last night and I'm like, everything they should swing at, they watch. Everything they should let go, they're swinging at. And it's just like, God, the innings just fly by because they just get pounded out every at bat. It's 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 frustrating. Like, how many hits did they have? Like, five? It's terrible. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough watch. But, man, like, that's been the team all season long. Can't string hits together. Put so much stress on the staff. I thought the bullpen was tremendous. Like, we, we talked about this yesterday, right? Minnesota has something on Kevin Gosman's splitter because he's widely regarded as one of the better pitchers, at least in the American League, if not baseball. And one of the only teams who won't bite at his nasty splitter are the Minnesota Twins. And the swing rate has been ridiculously in favor of Minnesota as well. Like, it's it's really crazy when you look at the numbers. So I don't know what's cooking there. Minnesota seems to have the upper hand on Kevin Gosman. And uh, we'll see if Jose Barrios, who is uh, a former Minnesota twin, can uh, nod this series at one and push it to a third and deciding game. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was a tough one to watch because it just seems like every A.B. this season for these guys, they have simply no plan. Like you talk about a plan in the NHL world, every game, Rosie, I'm sure you had your pregame nap. Like, this is what I need to do to be successful tonight. It just seems like these guys show up. They they step in the batter's box and hope for the best. And unfortunately, when somebody's throwing 102 at you, it's probably not the best thing you can do hey we're bitching and griping enough and they're in the middle of a series so i'm going to turn it to positive land and i'm going to hope for a win this afternoon i'm going to be watching maybe okay okay that's fair enough we're going to get to your uh, botano wrap up a bit later on the show wanted to mention as well at the leafs nation 401 a couple of you piping in already is where you could subscribe at the leafs nation 401 if you're watching right now and are not subscribed please do so uh, search Least Morning Take. If you're uh, in a listening mood, search Least Morning Take wherever you find your podcast. We'll pop up some shiny new graphics brought your way here in season number two. We'll be with you all the way until free agency. So we got you locked. All things Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of which, Rosie, delighted to announce a brand new sponsor on the show today. And coming soon, we'll be sampling this product live on air. But Covered Bridge Potato Chips, our new sponsor here on the show. We have to have a chip off coming up, okay? I like it. I'm a chip man. My wife is always like, geez, dude, how do you bury a bag of chips in bed at 10 o'clock at night? And I'm just like, <laughs> how do you not? They're so good. I think I'm a salt guy and uh, excited to have them as a sponsor. I'm going to be bugging them to send a couple of crates over to the, the house and old chair. Dude, back in high school, when I was a a plumper person, for those of you who don't know me that yeah. well, Rosie, you've got to know me over the last year. I used to love food more than I do right now. Like, don't get me wrong. I got an appetite just being Italian, but that was my go-to watching Pat Quinn era hockey back in 17, 16, 15-year-old Nick Alberga. A, a massive, massive pile of potato chips and a cola, man. Like, I won't say the name of the cola because they're not sponsoring this show, but like, that was like uh, peanut butter and jelly, my man. Just a whole bowl of chips, a big grease wheel, and a two-liter bottle of soda pop, eh? Good for you. It showed it. I can't even recognize you when you're a kid, man. I, I it's, it's like two different people. We, we got to show those pics on this show at some point in time. But I wanted to mention uh, the Albright Family Potato Farm began more than 90 years ago when Covered Bridge Potato Chips president and founder Ryan Albright's great-grandpa, Aubrey, planted his first potatoes based in New Brunswick, the Albright Farm now grows more than 500 acres of potatoes to keep their factory pipeline full. Grown local, made local, buy local. As you're seeing the product on your screen right now, find Covered Bridge Chips at Dollar Tree, Loblaws, Fortinos, and your independent grocer. And you can also go to CoveredBridgeChips.com and follow on Instagram at CB underscore chips. And we're going to try these out on air. Maybe I'm going to get some Coke, although I will tell you the new Nick Alberga, man, I only drink like, like tons of a shit ton of water protein shakes after the gym and uh my go-to drink right now when i go out which is quite a bit is uh, a vodka seven which is such a basic bitch drink but that that's me bud <laughs> that's all right i'm glad that uh i'm glad that the the sponsors got that background canadian family owned going back 90 yeah. years doesn't get any better than that 
So welcome to Covered Bridge, uh, Potato Chips, and welcome to another year of Maple Leafs hockey. Dude, the the pre the annual preseason retreat in Gravenhurst. I, I tell you right now, they I hope they had that Jays game on yesterday. Do you think they did? Singing Kumbaya around the fire? I think they probably did. If they weren't busy doing something, I'd imagine they'd get around and watch the Jays play. Why not? Did you take part in any of those? I know you were in a couple camps at Toronto, no? Yeah, a couple of them. Um, we went to Lake Placid one uh, one year, and that was kind of fun. I think that might that might not have been a training camp. That might have been kind of later on because it was winter anyway. Yeah. Um, up to Trenton, Ontario, one time for sure. That was my that was a my Berkey Berkey special, year. right? Yeah, that was cool. That was Berkey doing that, and you know that's where I got to met Shenner. I was like roomed with them, and we were just up pillow talk all night giggling like school children but um i remember it was like bozak was there me and him were like making the team going like are we playing tomorrow are we playing tomorrow and i was texting my dad like i don't know if you should get on a plane they haven't totally announced the roster yet but i'm pretty sure i'm in and uh we played some poker late at night me and phil kessel ended up heads up and he took me down but uh good memories it's a good thing to do at the beginning of a year just like a, a company retreat or, you know, when you're coaching kids hockey, you go on a tournament early on on the road and everyone gets into a hotel. You know, you shoot the breeze a little bit, have a few beers with the parents and the kids are jumping in the pool. Everyone gets to know each other. And then the next time you meet up at your home barn, you know, everyone knows each other and there's that familiarity. It's a it's a really smart thing to do with an NHL club at the beginning of the year. If you can swing it into the schedule. Yeah. I was going to ask you exactly that knowing you had done this in previous iterations of this team, like a decade ago, like how much rapport camaraderie does that build over a short time frame? And, and that's why I mentioned, like, I think it was a good idea to bring some of the kids like Easton Cowan and Fraser Minton. And obviously Matthew Nyes is going to be on this roster, but how important do you think in the long run, those couple of days together, just bonding and chilling, not really worrying about hockey uh, how much of an impact do you think I had on that Maple Leafs team or teams in general? It's it's major. It's major yeah. in the locker room setting, the team setting. Like you'll go on that trip, and you know whether you're going out downtown, you're definitely going to go have some uh, some dinners and whatnot. The team will pick up that tab. Um, you know when we did it, we had this big cabin rented with like a huge great room where you know there's a uh, kitchen and tables and hanging out lounge areas and a whole bunch of bedrooms around and guys are shacking up together and you're BSing a little bit and you realize that this rookie who's been quiet and hasn't really said anything all, all week long or all camp long, all of a sudden has this personality or this funny giggle and has this hilarious thing to him and everyone's dying laughing. And then he's like, got this new personality on the team. Like whatever the case is, you, you get that out there. Then that would take a long time to happen organically if you're just running through the motions at, uh, at home. So like I said, a huge thing to do with, uh, with the chemistry and the camaraderie and, and getting those guys tight. Because if you see the teams that go deep at the end of the season, they're tight as hell. They always say it's a brotherhood. It's a family. Like you die for each other and, and you've gone through hell together and you're really, really tight. And if you can manufacture some of that early, it it's huge. And there's any team that's not doing it, I think is, is messing up. For some reason, all I can think of is like you by the fire, the team sitting around drinking, you know, your, your coldest beverage possible and you playing the guitar or something till like 2am in the morning. Has it happened that way? I've busted out the guitar before. I'm not phenomenal at it. I got about maybe eight, nine songs I can I can tickle. <laughs> What's your more, more telling stories, being outrageous, laughing your ass off, and just having a blast with the guys, letting your personality show, dropping the shtick that is, you know, your hockey yeah. life that is kind of sometimes all anyone sees around the rink. You know, you got you're doing your preparation, you're doing your your personal stuff to get ready for whatever it is you're doing that day. You can drop all that and hang out and you know it's not the same going out to dinner going to the bar one night you get on a trip and you're all sleeping there and you're sharing the same area you get up and you go to bed together you have breakfast together it's kind of a different deal and that's why they do it it's that team building thing and it matters and if I was running a team no question would I have these guys doing that trip these guys getting gunned or what Uh, probably probably a bad question for 2023 because I guarantee they play they stay up till 3 I'm playing video games but back in your day I love this back in your day Rosie were guys just getting toppled till like 4 (laughs) a.m 10 years ago um it wasn't a total runaway but guys are absolutely letting loose a little bit uh their personality show relaxing and uh 
like I said, we're playing poker, beers are getting cracked. There's a cooler getting opened all the time and, and guys are sharing stories, laughing. The veterans are talking about this and that and guys are ribbing each other. And like I said, things come out of the woodwork. Some, some rookie you didn't even think has a personality ends up being the funniest goddamn guy you've ever met. Like things like that happen. And when you get on the bus to head home, it's a different culture within that, uh, within that bus than it was on the way up. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah, you're singing like an oasis in unison as you get ready for the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow night. I can see it right now. I'm telling you right now, like our great white Buffalo to get on this show is Phil Kessel. He's never going to say yes. I think he's going to retire because last I checked a month ago, people were tweeting out that there was interest. He's still nowhere to be found. He's the type of guy who would just never retire and come back in like three years with Phil Kessel. But I, I just, it just sounds like he would have a billion stories knowing everything we learned about this guy. You played with him, obviously. Oh, I'm sure he's got a lot, but it's just, it's hard to dig anything out of him. You see his interviews, he gets a little camera shy and that's just the way he is. Um, If he's in his element, oh yeah, he'll be spouting stuff off. He's funny as hell, but you put him in front of a light and a camera and a mic and it's not his forte, which I think is why it'll be hard to get him on here, but he loves trolling Toronto. You know, he's took that picture of, uh, of the cup this year with, with, downtown Toronto in the background a little bit of a troll job I think so maybe we could work that angle for him to come on and and kind of you know finger his nose a little bit at the at the Toronto market we'll see if we can play that angle and get him on here but it's going to be tough he does not like doing that media stuff yeah I don't think it's going to happen uh, many thanks to Donnie does dishes who watches our show on a daily basis and we do appreciate that even though you're a troll but Cowan apparently wasn't invited to Muskoka and some are speculating in the chat because you can't bring an 18-year-old if you're going to have some drinks. I get that, but still, I would do it anyways. It's not like we don't do it anyways, right? <laughs> not like he can just not. Yeah, I don't know, man. Liabilities and stuff. Who the hell knows? That's kind of sad if that is the deal, but he's pretty young to be doing that, man. Good for him that he's even on the radar, man. Just a young kid who's making noise early in camp. I'd say he's he's been one of the guys who's really lifted people's eyebrows to say, Ooh, mm-hmm. maybe our prospect pool is getting a little deeper. Not to endorse anything on this show, but I think I had my first drink at like 13 or 14, dude. So if, if these kids have not at least had one, I get they're trying to be pro athletes. Something's going wrong here. Well, it's different now. You think about Bedard and stuff. I don't oh, think. Like, he's <laughs> Did you see that story like last week on this guy? He's never had, he's never had a, what's it called? Um, McDonald's fast like food. Fast food. Like that, that's bullshit to me. No. <sighs> No, probably not. Like, that came on, like the summer, his mom said it. And then he, he, uh, corroborated that story. But I mean, it's garbage. Like, fuck, it's garbage. The only time I go through is like the 2 a.m. Let's go to yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> I don't, like, there's always a better option than that. It's such bad shit for you. And if you're a psycho hockey, super, super, um, focused, driven individual, why would you ever go through a drive through of McDonald's? I believe it. I'm calling BS. You're telling me there wasn't a time when this kid was 13 and he scored a hat trick and you're like, you know what? We're going to treat you to a McDonald's Happy Meal today. Like, I don't know about you growing up and I know I didn't play grade level hockey, but remember Crazy Bones back in the day? The agreement I had with my dad, every time I scored a goal, he'd buy me a pack of Crazy Bones and it cost him a couple pennies uh, a couple years because I did score quite a bit in minor hockey. But it was like an incentive laden thing to have your kid work his ass off. But I guess when you're Connor Bedard's parents, like he's going to play well every game. But you're telling me there's not one game out there where like, you know what, Connor, we're so happy with you. You're an awesome kid. Let's buy you a pizza. Let's buy you a sub. Let's do something. Come on. Well, they probably bought him a new sub or or a new stick (laughs) or something like that over over that stuff. But I don't think Connor Bedard's parents needed to bribe him to score goals. I think that's the kids that need a kick in the ass and like to watch out there and are lazy as hell. I don't think that was Connor Bedard at any point in the last 18 years or however long he's been playing. I always fascinate my beer league teammates on a weekly basis because I have unbelievable hands. Just uh, I don't like working. I, I don't like moving out there. I'm like Jason Allison. Get me the puck. I will find you. Uh, my buddy missed a couple tap-ins. I know he listens to this show on Sunday. I was disappointed about that. But nevertheless, I, I wanted to ask you this, too, because I think it's intriguing. Anybody who played sports growing up, you're in a locker room. There's no way you're going to like every player. I don't care if you're that most happy-go-lucky person in the world. Were there were there beefs that nobody knew about? Like, how hard was it? And that's why it stems back to the conversation, Rosie, about, like, the annual retreat and getting everybody together, learning more about your teammates. There's always going to be a couple guys that you're not fond of or you're not crazy about or don't like the same things. Was it ever an issue anywhere you played? Uh, there were guys where... I'm right, though, right? 
Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. going to get 22, four guys into a room a hundred times over and mix them all up and everyone's going to get along. It's just not possible. And, you know, people are guilty of, I feel, labeling hockey players as all being the same. Every team I've been on, there's there's the dummy, there's the nerd, there's the um like stereotypes jock guy there's the mr serious mr always there's the guy that can't take anything serious there's the guy that's so hard working he he doesn't even have a life there's a guy that can't even do anything to help himself because he's so damn lazy there's so many different personalities on a hockey team they're not always going to gel together um sometimes if a guy doesn't get his role and he's trying to be mr big shot no one kind of respects him it's going to cause rifts within the the thing sometimes rooms become clicky and these five guys always hang out and they try to avoid these three guys and this thing's happening this group of veterans is always hanging out and this group of rookies is out playing xbox or something like that it happens and it doesn't set up for a very good uh team and i think that you'll find again the teams that win and go the distance are the ones that are the most tight that do have all the guys on the same page and you're always trying to find that and i think that at the draft and at free agency teams are trying to call about players what's this guy like what's he like in the locker room who did he hang out with last year what's his hobbies they try to figure out a little bit about this guy so they can figure out if they've got a quality individual, a person with character, um, a person that gets along with others and can, can work well in the locker room. Cause that's just as big as anything else out there. And you'd be, you'd be wrong if you think that it's just pure X's and O's stick handling and skating out there when you're picking a team, all that stuff we're talking about goes a long way. Heard it here first. It's not all kumbaya for NHL locker rooms. Uh, speaking of which Max Domi, into the mix, and here we go with the media already, and I guess we're as guilty as anybody else because we're talking about this, but he's played three games, and he's taken three penalties, and I thought Sheldon Keefe had a great quote. He's had some great quotes in training camp, but on Domi's feistiness, I'd rather have to tune a guy down than kick in the ass to get him going. I love that line because it's so right because in recent years, last year, the month of October hits, uh, you know, the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs hits, and it's like these guys are Nick Alberga playing beer league on Sundays, and that's just not going to fly in this market. No, and just looking at his pims here, like... Stick stuff. Yeah, he's not like a real undisciplined player. Listen, it reminds me of... Uh, you remember when they signed Mike Komasarek? I do. And they signed him from Montreal... Berkey's big workhorse D-man who's going to be truculent and pugnacity and everything. And he went out there the first couple of games and took so many penalties because he was so horned up to go flying out there and ragdoll everyone and be so tough and so mean. I think he was scrapped there at some point in time early on and just was taking penalties like crazy. And I remember looking around going, wow, was he ever like jacked up to be on the Leafs, wanted to make a statement. And you got to think Max Domi, he's get that jersey on. His dad's in the stands. He's going to go out there and he wants to be playing with an edge. He wants to be noticed. And I have no problem if he takes a few penalties in goddamn preseason. Take all you want. Take tens, take fives, take stick. I do not care. <laughs> go out yeah. there and let everyone know you're there. Show that you're excited to be part of this team. I, I look at his stats and stuff and I like how he plays on the edge. He's going to have to ride the line. I hope he rides the line. We need more guys that do straddle the line because mm-hmm. so many guys are so far on the other side. They don't even know a line <laughs> exists. So I have no problem with Domi taking a couple stick penalties in preseason. Are you kidding me? I would. I love that line. The one I've always heard is it's way better to have to pull back on the reins than it is to have to crack the whip and couldn't agree with that more. All you got to do is say one thing to Domi and he can tone it back a little bit where half the time you got a room full of players where you're cracking the whip going, can you show me you have a goddamn heartbeat? A couple guys on the team last year who are no longer with us. And it's nice that uh, we don't have as many bodies that are doing that. It's probably mild concern for me, but I think you can say it for pretty much every edition with exception of like a John Klingberg, but certainly Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, those type of players, like how you rein things in for, for Domi specifically, like, you know, he's going to be horned up on opening night. First game as a leaf. He's playing the Montreal Canadians wants to prove differently than like his dad, that he's a different player. It's a different style. He can bring some, some, some jam to this team. So I get it, but I think you're the perfect guy to speak to that line and where you cross that line. And certainly I think a guy like Max Domi uh, can be really, really effective for this team because 
I think unjustly people are going to compare him to his dad, but with all due respect to, Ma- uh, to, to Ty Domi, Max has higher, way higher upside offensively. Oh, big time. And I don't think he's looking to prove that everyone knows he's, you know, he's been in the league long enough and, and he's proven that he's a different player than his father. His father knows that as good as anybody, yeah. but absolutely. You're going to have to straddle that line. And to me, it's not even about like straddling the line with playoffs. Like how much can you hook a guy? Um, was that a tripping? Like, no, it's just about your attitude out there. How much do you like, mf a guy out there after the whistle how much do you chirp off at their bench how do you how much do you take a guy by the by the crest and just shove him away from your goalie get the hell out of here like that kind of thing goes a long way and it just shows that you're here and i mean max domi if anyone wants to challenge him he's tough as hell i mean i think he throws lefty like his dad too i remember he knocked out i think that was a kessler or bxa that one time i was like oh my god where'd that come from and anything that needs to happen out there, he can handle it. I don't think he needs to straddle the line as far as taking penalties, but play with that little bit of jam, finish the body, be physical, and don't take any garbage out there. Play with a little attitude and an edge and a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. That's all it takes. And doing that, you don't really, you're not going to take penalties, right? It's uh, it's just a style and, a, and, a, and an attitude of play out there that I think he, he can adopt. And he's shown that he can do it. I know it was. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's one game, but we talked about, about this yesterday, how I like that there seemed to be a concerted effort that the after the whistle scrum, stuff like that, activation uh, physically, like it was all there for this team. And granted, it was the preseason. I like seeing that. I want to see that game one. I want to see that game 57. I want to see that game two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got to hammer that home. And I think that was the conscious decision when signing and bringing in some of these guys was to have this uh, become contagious throughout the room. And I think it's certainly going to help having a Max Domi. And I just, I love that quote from Sheldon Keefe. I'd rather have the tuna guy down than kick him in the ass to get him going, which I, I think is phenomenal. I think he can bring a different aspect this team has needed in the last couple of years. Yeah, and you know what I was going to say is, remember like Arbor Jacki last year? Um, Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi. He, like, he's tough as nails. He was impressive with some of his, oh my God, he's like scary tough and and a hell of a good player too. But he was quite cocky, quite arrogant, led with his chin, beacon (laughs) off and stuff like that. that Yeah. didn't notice that from anybody like guys aren't doing that anymore. And it's, I'm sorry to say it's because of Revo like Jack, yeah. I could do that last year. Cause they had, didn't have a whole answer for him, especially if Simmons was in the line, it wasn't in the lineup and you could just run the tables with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You could do whatever you want. You could be so cocky. You could be demeaning to them. You could disrespect them and their whole bench. And that's what you can do when you're a tough player and they have no one to match your toughness. All of that this year is going to go away. It's not going to exist because of Ryan Reeves. I'm not 
sure a hundred percent how Ryan Reeves is going to pan out with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not yeah. going to say he's a slam dunk, but I'm going to say one thing that you can guarantee is that he's going to negate any of that type of attitude towards the Maple Leaf sweater this year. Guys are not going to have the same swagger against the Leafs that they've had in the past for that reason. And I, I love to see it. I think the big question, as you just mentioned with, with Revo is going to be like, like the duest respect saying this, can he play hockey on a nightly basis? So I think he's better than people actually give him credit for, but like, it's Me one too. thing to play that guy to counter like an Arbor Jack guy with Montreal who can definitely play hockey. And ironically enough, I think a Jack guy type is exactly what the Leafs need in the back end. Like, that type of player to instill some fear, play physical, be that guy. But like, does every team have a guy like that for Ryan Reeves to counter, to create space? Cause ultimately that's what you're looking for is to create space and make the night easier for the big boys. And, and that's my wonder paying him the money you did. You're thinking he's going to be an every night player. And I just wonder when there's no Jack eye on the other side, what Reeves can bring to the table. What do you think? Well, it's just about, it's just like an attitude of the team. Like I was saying, you're going to throw him out there yeah. for his, however many shifts. I think he's capable of playing like, you know, eight minutes a night, which is fine. Those are the times where, you know, the big boys are skating in sand. They're getting a little frustrated. They need a little bit of a blow. They've been playing high minutes here and you got to give them, you know, a little shift off and you throw out that fourth line. They get it deep. They bang and they crash. You're getting your big boys a little bit of a blow as far as their, their wind in their legs. And he goes out there, creates little space, crashes and bangs, turns the momentum around. Like you, you, you run the same lines over and over again. And the Leafs are famous for kind of skating in sand and skating uphill and just not being able to get anything done. You can't penetrate the middle. You're around the outside. Nothing's going for you. And it's frustrating. And that's what that energy line is always from. It's to break that up, hit the reset button on the Nintendo, and then get the big boys out there again and, and see how the momentum's kind of shift. And People that don't haven't played a high level might shake their head and say, that doesn't even make sense. It's not how it works. It is, man. It's palpable. The energy on the bench and how the game is going, how the ice is tilted is so palpable out there. And if you can, that's why a good fight when things aren't going well completely changes the setting of the game, the energy of the game, the momentum of the game. It's 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 palpable out there. I'm telling you. And and to throw out a fourth line that can do that energy, crash and bang, and hold a big fist and say, you guys don't have anything against our toughness and you don't have any way to to penetrate against our stars to call them out, disrespect them, hit them, face wash them, jersey grab them. Any of that stuff's not going to happen just because of that energy out there of Leafs aren't anyone to screw with this year. All I'll say, I'm happy that you're on our side when it comes to this civil war that's about to take place during this season. On one side, you're going to have the Dubas sites. On the other side, you're going to have like the Berkey side, the, the Proud Tree Living side, where you're going to say, hey, Ryan Reeves and others, and Pugnacity is going to rule the day in Toronto. So it should be fun to document that. Um, what do you make of, of that fourth line that we've seen so far early and often here in training camp of Gregor, Kemp, and Reeves? Can they stick as a fourth line? Do you like the component those guys bring? yeah I don't mind it like camp I thought last year was the unsung hero for a lot of the games like he just seemed to be so solid he'd chip in here in the offensively you'd never see him being the one making the big mistake or looking lazy or missing his assignment or turning the puck over he seemed to be really reliable um you know some of those guys have uh, like Gregor has has kind of made almost has kind of made the team out of training camp on a PTO. Yeah. I think he's probably earned a contract and he skates well. He can get in there and disrupt some things. And then you got Reeves to kind of complement that. And I know Reeves is a, is a big tough guy. And some people think that he's the league's passing by and he shouldn't be there and he's useless and all this stuff, but he's been staying in the NHL for the last 10 years for a reason. He's not useless. He's not a complete slug. No, he's not going to score 30 goals and no, he's not going to play 20 minutes a night, but you don't need another guy to do that. You need another component to bring another layer to your team. And I think he's proven that he can do that in this league. He's not a complete liability. He can skate well enough to keep up and be in the right positions. He understands where his safety spots are, when to get the puck deep, when to take risks with it and when not to. And I think if he's not turning the puck over and if he's getting it deep and getting it in the hands of those guys and they can click and, and make those, uh, that chemistry happen, then those guys complement each other. And they're going to be a good fourth line, a, a line that you need to, like I said, take a, take a little bit of pressure off the top line and give them and their legs and lungs a rest and get that different style of line out there to kind of, 
mix it up within the momentum of the game. It's not going to be the same thing every shift over and over. Yeah, I think they they bring a bit of everything when you look at that line in general. And again, it remains to be seen if Gregory's going to sign a contract here. But Camp, I think, very dependable defensively. Uh, defensively. Uh, you know, Gregor's known for his speed. And then Rees will create some space out there. But I guess the big concern even in the chat is like, What's going to happen when Ryan Reeves is not out there pertaining to the big boys and creating space and making sure they're okay and protecting them, being that security guard? Uh, but that's certainly something we're going to monitor throughout this season. I was just sort of curious, that fourth line, how different it looks, because that's been the big story in general with this Leafs team is the lack of depth, right? I think you throw this fourth line out there. They ain't scoring goals. So your top nine better be good, no? Yeah, and I think our top nine are pretty good. Yeah, and we tr- teams have tried to put together 12 of the same type of player. You're not going to get 12 of your, your top line or even your top six. Obviously, no one can afford that. But you try to get the same type of player. Like, I don't know, like a, like an Engvall and a, and, a, and a Kerfoot and those guys. Like, they're okay. They're, they're no William Nylander. And they don't play with an over amount of physicality. Um, They're not extremely defensively sound. They're not overly skilled to make the high. It's kind of like what? It's just like a filler. It just seems like a warm body sometimes. And it's like, well, shit, can we do better than that? And like I said, you roll the same style of line out there over and over again. You end up getting stuck in the mud a lot of the time. And obviously I'm biased, but I think you have a fourth line that creates a different element out there it, it kind of molds and gives some depth to your identity as a hockey team and I don't mind it at all but again time will tell if uh if this fourth line works out and you can mix and match players out there for sure and see what complements each other but I understand Reeves is kind of one-dimensional I get it but I think it's at times a necessity Lots of love for this fourth line right now in the YouTube chat at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe and like right now. Uh, Daniel writes in, Noah Gregor will sign this week. Lighter juice, Gregor was surprisingly fast. I think the one thing we don't realize is not a lot of people watch San Jose Sharks hockey, and I was stunned that they moved on from Noah Gregor. But again, it's good news for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Mark writes in, love Gregor, get him signed. Uh, Donnie does dishes. Reeves don't take bad penalties. It goes without saying, but... A lot of support for like a new look fourth line. And I like that aspect. So we move forward. Uh, there's two more games still remaining in this preseason slate. Of course, the uh, customary home and home with Detroit. I believe it was a back-to-back last year. But nonetheless, it's a Thursday, Saturday this year. Uh, the Leafs will be hosting uh, tomorrow on Thursday. And then Saturday will be the uh, finale for the uh, preseason where they'll be in Detroit. So let's put your uh, your coach your coaching hat on. If you're Sheldon Keefe, uh, how do you deploy your lineup? For me, Rosie, I would probably go with my A roster tomorrow and the B roster for Saturday, which would give these guys some time off. But would you go the opposite? Would you give them, you know, your your main look, your main roster on Saturday, knowing that the rust won't be there as much? I think I would go, first of all, you're going to have your bubble guys, your guys you're not sure about, and they're Mm -hmm. probably going to play both. And you're definitely going to put all those guys you're not sure about in, and the first game and see what happens. See if anyone steals a job, see if anyone blows it. Then you kind of know where you stand with that guy. See if your decision is any clearer after that game. Then the next game, I'm going to try to have what I think would be my final roster. And I'm going to go with it. Um, Again, there might be that one or two guys that is still bubbled that you're not totally sure of. And it's kind of like last chance here to make our decision easy. And you put them out there and you play that player or those players both games. But I would lean towards that last game in Detroit, the last kick at the can before you're playing with real bullets to be as close to your your real regular season roster as you can get it. So a couple of things I'm looking at here, um, specifically in between the pipes, like Joseph Wall, I think he's had the flu for a lot of training camp. He played one game. He didn't look particularly good. Martin Jones has been excellent. I know people are in uproar. Folks, settle down. This guy's been an 896 goalie for like the last five years. They're not losing much in him. I know it's insulation. It's good to have some insurance, especially considering how many goalies the Leafs have gone through in like the last decade. But I think, quite honestly, the plan right now is to put Jones on waivers as close to the start of the regular season as as possible. So I wouldn't be shocked if it comes down till I think Monday, because I think Tuesday they have to have their rosters in, where it might even be Sunday to Monday. But you got what I'm saying? Like, they're going to try to squeeze him in. I don't know if it's going to be successful. 
But the one thing I do remember about last year is I think Ilya Samsonov had like a week off between appearances. And you could tell in the first game, if there's anything I can bring and take from that game against Montreal the other night, the Leafs better be ready. You played in that rivalry. Montreal always shows up. Doesn't matter if they're a terrible team. Doesn't matter if they're a great team. They're going to show up, especially in the opener. I like that game to be close, by the way. But I, I want Samsonov to be polished and ready and no rust. Like, rust is going to be a factor. That's why I'm not crazy about four or five days team games from the final preseason game to the opener. So I'd actually start Samsonov in the final game on Saturday just to get him closer to Wednesday, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel for goalies because it's tough to simulate NHL speed in the summertime. Yeah. Um, I guess it is for anybody, but especially with goalies, like with your timing, um, your angles, the speed at which things are happening. It's just much different than it is in the regular season when you're skating wherever it is that you do that in the summertime. Uh, you come into the preseason and that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock. And I don't think we've talked a ton about the goalies yet is because yeah. You've got to give them a chance to get their speed, get their timing um, sorted out. When you take, think about how long ago it was, these guys played their last real hockey game. That's a long time ago. And it takes a while to knock that rust off and, and get back to your game form. So, yes, but I think that we'd be remiss if we didn't say everything we've talked about and everything we're excited about and all the additions we've made. If it doesn't go well between the pipes this year, that's all uh, just a moot point. Like if the goaltenders here and they're both, I mean, like Pronger said last yesterday, you know, Sammy, I'm a huge Sammy fan. I love the way he was. I think he needed a, a breath of fresh air and I think he got yeah. it and he, he proved he was great last year. And I think that I'm expecting him to do it again, but it was kind of like a, a career year for him. Wool is looks fantastic. Looks like he's got a bright future, but he is young and inexperienced. And if these guys just happen to run into injuries or just don't have their form or whatever, it's going to be a slog fest for the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It will be for any team in the NHL. But we haven't really talked about the goalies too much. And I, I think that's fair to do since it's so early in the season. But it's something to watch for sure. I hope both these guys can yin and yang and just click and both get this, this cool thing going. And these are our goalies for the next eight years that would be fantastic in my mind but uh it's 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 something to watch and it, it is kind of scary knowing that all the work and all the preparation that goes into a season if you don't have goaltending it can all get flushed on the toilet really quick and the thing is too is like even if you wanted to have three goaltenders on your roster because of the cap situation with this team it's just very very unlikely they're gonna have they're, they're gonna be able to have three goalies on their roster like they can barely feel the roster of of skaters, never mind having a third goalie on your roster. Like that's just, it is what it is. But again, a lot of this, as we've been talking about the last couple of days, will situate around, we know Connor Timmons is going to be out on the IR. So that opens up a roster spot. Simone Benoit is going to step in there. Callie Yarncroke has yet to play a preseason yeah. game. It sounds like he's inching closer, but like time is running out. Like there, there, there are still some questions with this team and Brandon Pridham, Capologist extraordinaire is going to have his uh, hands full yet again, but I'm so curious to see what this opening night roster looks like. Not so much the guys on the ice, but like who are the the depth guys? Who are the guys that crack the roster that are eating that fantastic popcorn in the Scotiabank Arena press box? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, it it's makes good. it interesting with those. It is good. There's lots. So many barns have so many good stuff up there. I, I but um, it, it makes it interesting when you have a couple injuries. Like who's hanging around? Are they here for good? What happens with the cap? I mean, to to hang on to three goalies when you got to probably hang on to a couple extra guys with injuries. And do you do you IR any of them? Like what's Pridham's going to have his hands full, no doubt. But I mean, when you look at last year, it came down to like wasn't it like fourteen dollars or something insane on the cap? Insanity. Like, $860,000 is not something you can just casually keep on your roster, right? So, and if you do keep three goalies, what do you do? Are you rotating all three? Who's your goalies? Who Who's the odd man out? And how does that work with the guys' confidence? All anyone's talked about all summer long is, you know, having Wool and, and, uh, and Sammy in there. And if you keep Jones now, like, what does that say about them? Are they the starters? They're young and fragile, potentially. Does that hurt their confidence? Is that the best way to start the season by saying, oh, you're not good enough to carry just you two. We got to carry this guy on too. I don't like it. I don't think they can do it. And I think Jones will go down. And I think they got to look at the best time where there's the most people on waivers because everyone at a certain point in the season when it's coming down to the wire has to get rid of some, some money and some guys and everyone's trying to shed dollars, sneak Jones onto waivers that 
cross your fingers for 24 hours and hope he ends up on the Marlies the next day. Yeah, I can tell you it's been a trend throughout this uh, league. Um, there's a couple teams that are starting to roster three goalies. The one that comes to mind is the Carolina Hurricanes. From last I checked, they're going to go with Anderson. They're going to go with Kachekov. They're going to go with Ranta. I just I just don't know you you keep that family in order. When you have three guys for two positions, and more times than not, it's one guy playing in a tandem league. So that'll be one of the curious things to monitor over the next week leading up to the uh, opener against the Montreal Canadiens. Again, still two preseason games remaining here for the Maple Leafs. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19-plus. Please play responsibly. Coming up this Saturday, October 7th, our friends over at Botano will be hosting a live hockey trivia show, which will include a $1,000 prize pool and more. Head on over to Botano.ca for sign-up deal- details. No deposit is required, and all you need is a Botano account. Participants must answer at least 10 to 15 questions correctly to win, and there's no ranking system. Rosie, what are we looking at tonight or today when it comes to the Botano wrap-up? The Toronto Blue Jays game, are we starting there? Yeah, we got to go with the Jays game. It's the it's the big ticket today, and we have been solid. It was a low-scoring affair. We nailed that one yesterday. Yep. Well, I guess I did. I guess you're piggybacking on my coattails here again. Well, we can but, uh, look at the what? text where I told you I like the under in the game. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I want to be paused. I don't want to lose my streak, but I want to yeah. cheer no, for go the with Jays. Go with, go with I your, go with your gut. Jays. Um, yeah. Go with your gut. Let's just take a Jays money line, man. Let's okay, take a Jays enough. money line. Let's okay. just take the Jays to win. Plus 120. So yeah. the, the market's telling us that Minnesota is going to win this game. But plus 120, let's ride with you. Minus 139 for the Twins, plus 120 for the Jays in the money line. It takes a couple of hot bats just to get <laughs> them on the board, get them going, get them, get their bullpen in a situation and take advantage. You just got to find a little bit of lightning at the plate and, and they can win this thing and tie up this series. I'm sorry. I'm just finished with this team, but I'm going to ride with you because you are my partner. Um, so we're good. That's the official bet rate there, folks. Plus 120, the money line with the Blue Jays. And I remind all that Rosie's on fire. He's hit three in a row to start this season. So if there's somebody to back right now, it's Jay Rosehill. And hopefully we come back on here tomorrow and we tee up game three of that series. I hope so. I, uh, I usually bet with my head, but I'm betting with my heart today. So take that as a, as a grain of salt. Yeah, he went with his first instinct, which I like. Because we started off the show, if you missed it, by me saying how I thought the Jays were done here. I've been saying that all season long. But there, there, is, there is your angle. And thanks to producer Aaron as well. He knows I love the revenge angle. Jose Barrios gets the start. Former Minnesota twin. I, I don't know. I, I The moment's just too big for this Blue Jays team, and we'll see what happens with Barrios. If we think they had something on Kevin Gosman, never mind the team who owned the player, had the player for the first eight, nine years of his career. You think they have something on him? By the way, we talked earlier, Rosie, and I shed some light on my early days and being a bit plumper. Uh, Producer Aaron, doing great work as per usual, pulled up some pictures Let's on the go. fly. Let's throw those on screen. So, Rosie, first and foremost, that's me at a Leafs game. I believe you could have been on the Leafs that year in Philadelphia. I remember that that game specifically because I got some kind of tuned up and it was November clearly because I had the mustache going against the Flyers. We were a group of 25. We had to be escorted out of Wells Fargo that night. Like it, it, I think it was Wachovia at the time, but we had to be escorted out because you know Flyers fans can get in one really quickly. That's tough to get. That's tough to get escorted out of uh, the Wells Fargo Center there. There's a lot of rowdiness going on. But dude, when you showed me those, I didn't even really get it. I had to show my wife too and saying, can you believe this is Nick? Like, you don't look like you have the same shape of head. The caterpillar eyebrows seem a little more caterpillary. They're still there. I know they are, but the glasses throw it off too. You just look like a different person. Young, young, young and a little plumper, but uh, good looking kid nonetheless. Look at the ladies on your shoulder too. Just killing it always, no matter what. Good one of my you. good childhood friends, Carrie. Um, go back to that that Leafs picture for a second. So the other great story about the Leafs picture too. So that night, that was the year that the ego was thrown on the ace um, at then the Air Canada Center. Remember that? Ego, yeah. What that rings like, a bell. What was the background the, on that? The Leafs were just so shit. Like people <laughs> were just going nuts. Fans were done. But nevertheless, that night with the mustache, um, again in Philadelphia. Um, I, my picture actually ended up on sports illustrated, like on their website, yeah. like two days later, my buddy sent me this, uh, this uh, picture it was me going like that. 
sent me the picture. He's like, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, like I was in Philadelphia and the Leafs got tuned up that night. So like that was a, a memorable night for yours truly. That was the start of the fame career in media for Nick Alberga. No, that was before. We used to do like Leafs trips every year where it was like 25 of us. We take a bus somewhere. I think I did three of them. We did Ottawa, which is like, man, I don't really want to go to Ottawa, watch a game with all due respect to them. Did Philadelphia and did Nashville. Uh, we I got to pull up that picture, Nashville. I met Carrie Underwood. Maybe I'll uh, I'll give that that picture to uh, producer and, and we'll, we'll post my picture with Carrie Underwood. She's a tiny, short little thing, hey? Dude, the nicest person you'll ever meet in your life. Like she was superstar Carrie Underwood at the time when I met her. Like she still is, but she was very, very in like not to the level like Taylor Swift is right now, but it's like equivalent to that when Mike Fisher was still on Nashville. We walked yeah. up to her. I was going for a dart. I used to hack back then. It was like intermission. It was like all you can eat for like 80 bucks, by the way, at Bridgestone. Like what an unbelievable barn to be at. And so we're, we're walking over to go outside. And I'm like, I point, I'm like, is that Carrie Underwood? So she was coming out of a box. Anybody who's been a Bridgestone, like the boxes are with the concourse, which makes no sense. If you want to bring like a celebrity, like that makes no sense to have them in the same population. But nevertheless, we walked up to her. We spoke for like 15 minutes. I almost missed the start of the period. And like we took a picture with her. She just had to cover our Leafs logos, but she she was unbelievable. Weird, man. It's you'd think she'd just yeah. get absolutely mauled, especially by a blue yeah. mustache, pudgy little bastard like you'd coming yeah. in picking her brain for a few minutes. That's pretty cool. She's got that down to earth southern vibe. I love it. And uh, a great show once again today as we inch closer and closer. We're one week away from the season opener. Tomorrow we're gonna have a game to tee up. Next thing you know, Thanksgiving on Monday. So we have no show, by the way. Programming no no show on Monday because of Thanksgiving. We're gonna be well fed by Tuesday and I think Tuesday we're going to do an all-encompassing season preview of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to tackle everything through our 45 minutes, Rosie. But for now, I bid you farewell. Great job today. And just keep that heater going on the betting front, okay? I love it. Let's go, Jays. I love it. We're tailing Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Many thanks to producer Aaron. And we'll talk tomorrow at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe. Take care. Peace. Mm. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 